Three Bibles, if you want to look it up. Uh, in those. Two, six, and seven. Ah, thank you. Uh, uh, so, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. And the next reading is from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. After our next song, Bav is going to come and speak to us. Bav's one of our church members, and I've asked her to tell a bit of her story and to help us think about Mary's story. Uh, but before that, please stand, and we're going to sing the song, uh, Mary Did... ...moved to Lamington Spa. I want to pray and give thanks to the Lord uh, Jesus Christ before we begin, just to be able to be here together Last year, we were all at home, and some of us are at home right now. Um, we were locked down and trying to celebrate in the best way possible, whether it was online services or switching off from the world and just trying to take in what was happening. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you praise and thanks that tonight we can be together. Lord, I thank you for your presence tonight. I pray your protection, and I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak may be your words that you would touch the hearts of those who are here tonight and those online. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. So this evening's talk is around Mary's yes to God. And whilst reflecting on the Christmas story, I wanted to share some of my journey of how I've said yes to God over the years when I had no idea what was ahead. Christmas has meant different things to me over the years. I grew up in a Hindu family, so Christmas was more cultural. Um, Christmas trees, buying gifts, and um, Indian food, not quite your turkey. Um, my mum would decorate our tree with an angel or a star, so there was always some presence or a nod to Jesus in our home, even though it was unknowingly. As a young girl, I used to play the violin and was part of the orchestra and also the choir. Christmas at school was about nativity plays, and I remembered while writing this talk that I played one of the magis who took a gift to baby Jesus. Many years later, at the age of 28, I encountered God himself in a church in Windsor during what was a low period in my life. I had dealt with depression, grief, loss, domestic violence, and so I had lots of questions, and I was skeptical about my encounter. I was living in London at the time, and then I moved back to Milton Keynes, and I joined the Alpha. And each time I went, I would be flooded with the Holy Spirit, and I knew that I needed to be baptized. And after several months, I was baptized in October 2013. And two months later, I moved to Leamington. And so the journey began with my very first yes. And this brings us on to Mary. In this Christmas story, we are shown that Mary encounters angel Gabriel. She would have been an ordinary young teenage girl, and in her young years, she would have been faithful to the small things before she was given something significant to deliver to the world. So let's take a look at where this story begins with Mary and Joseph. As Julius just read, the angel Gabriel foretells the birth of Jesus, Mary, a young teenager who was living in a village of Nazareth and engaged to be married to Joseph, a Jewish carpenter. One day, God sent angel Gabriel to visit Mary. The angel told Mary that she would conceive a son by the power of the Holy Spirit. She would give birth to this child and name him Jesus. At first, Mary was afraid and troubled by the angel's words. Being a virgin, Mary questioned the angel, how can this happen? The angel explained that the child would be God's own son and that nothing was impossible with God. Humbled and in awe, Mary believed the angel of the Lord and rejoiced in God, her saviour. And at this time, surely Mary would have reflected with wonder on the words of Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord unto himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel, God with us. There is so much to take from this short story alone around saying yes to God, and in this case, Mary's obedience. So let's dive straight in. The first point is that Mary says yes to partnering with God and trusting him. In the story, Mary tells, uh, here's what angel Gabriel tells her. She's initially troubled because she has no idea what is going on. Mary asks lots of questions. She is anxious, perhaps because she doesn't understand how. Perhaps she felt limited in her human understanding. But with God, all things are possible. To say yes to God, we must trust that what God is telling us is true and for our own good. Mary humbles herself and partners with God for his purpose, for the world. 
She has no idea that in 33 years' time, the baby Jesus she is giving birth to will die on a cross in a harrowing way. Had Mary had known that, do you think she would have agreed to giving birth to Jesus? Often we want to know what's ahead, but if we knew what was ahead, we may not even meet God halfway, and we may just completely turn away. Sometimes we are ready to walk away from difficult things because we try to humanize our thought process rather than sit with God and meet him in the spiritual. It's not wrong to ask questions as Mary did and as I did, but sometimes all God is asking of us is to stop and rest and trust in him. This year, the words that God has spoken to me most frequently are, be still and know that I am God. This is about encountering God in a much deeper way, about centering ourselves, getting rid of the day-to-day voices and noise so we can hear his voice clearly. I know you've heard many times, I'm sure, that we live in a physical and spiritual world, and it's true. Though only, so some of us only focus on what we can see with our physical eyes rather than reaching deeper with our spiritual eyes. Jesus himself says, blessed is the one who believes without seeing. This is important as we live by faith and not by sight. And this is exactly what Mary did. Trusting God means trusting him against all odds. And I want to give you a personal example of this. In early 2015, God was asking me to give up my job. And I was restless and I kept asking for signs because I wanted to be sure I was doing the right thing. In my human mind, it made no sense. I had rent to pay. I didn't know what I was going to do. But what I did know is the job I was in was no longer satisfying. Each day on my way to work, I would see rainbows. And anyone who knows me knows I jump for joy when I see rainbows because it reminds me of God's promises and his faithfulness. God showed me how it was possible. The last week of my job, uh, we were on a team away day and they were working out capacity, and I felt this really strong nudge in my spirit, and God saying, this is your first client. And of course, my response was like, you must be thinking this is crazy. Um, I didn't say anything, even though I could strongly feel it in my spirit. I went home, and I slept on it. I still felt the same in the morning, so I went in, and guess what? My boss had exactly the same thought. So that was a real God incidence in that moment. And during all of this, in the August 2015, I lost my grandmother, and she thought I was mad for giving up a good job. And this wasn't the first time anyone has thought that, but I was trusting God. And sometimes it may feel like you're going against the grain, but to partner with God and to trust God deeply means we must listen and hear his voice. God will never guide you into something he hasn't already prepared you for, just like Jesus. It's about trusting and humbling ourselves to be his disciples like Mary. By trusting him, I was able to encounter God in a fresh way, and so was Mary. The second point I bring us on to tonight is Mary saying yes to surrendering to God, and that is costly. Mary, as we've already heard, surrenders her life to God. She's engaged and about to be married to Joseph. Joseph's panicking and trying to make sense of all that is going on. What, my fiancé will be pregnant? Have you seen the culture we live in? What will people make of it? A baby conceived by the Holy Spirit? This is madness. 
but he is assured by an angel that all will be okay. Mary is told that nothing is impossible with God and has faith in what she is told. She wasn't given a whole backstory of how each step would happen or she was given brief and short instructions. Mary could have run, she could have said no, but because she was favored by God, she knew she was chosen for a greater purpose and so surrenders herself. And I wonder if we worry about what the world thinks of us like Joseph. When I encountered the Holy Spirit in 2012, I knew I'd had a deep spiritual encounter, but I was skeptical. I grew up as a Hindu, and that's all I'd ever known. And I had so many questions about day-to-day life. What if people didn't want to know me anymore? Would people think I've become too westernized? Are brown people even allowed to be Christians? (laughs) Because the only ones that I knew were white. Can I still go for drinks with friends, etc.? All those, you know, day-to-day questions that people have. I gave up a life of partying, drinking, and the things that satisfied my flesh, but not my soul. I worked in the music industry for five years as an artist, manager, and singer-songwriter whilst doing a full-time job. It was fast-paced, fun, parties, late nights, but it never satisfied the deep desire that I had in my heart. When I reflect on that period of my life 10 years ago, I realize that nothing can satisfy my thirst than Jesus. That desire to be truly seen, to be loved, to be heard, and to be known. That regardless of my mistakes, my trauma, my pain, God would take the time to come and hold me, walk beside me, and love me in a way that no one ever could. And he wants to do that for all of us, whether you're here tonight or whether you're watching online. Just some questions. Is there something holding you back from knowing God deeper? and following him wholeheartedly. Perhaps it's your own unbelief, the death of a loved one, depression, anxiety, the fears of what others may think, a relationship, a job, or guilty pleasures. Whatever it is, now is the time to go deeper, surrendering ourselves to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, who surrendered himself on the cross for us. He is the ultimate example of saying yes. The generational line of obedience started with Mary saying yes. Will you say yes to Jesus today, to wherever or whatever he's calling you to? Not just for yourself, but for future generations to come. And thirdly, Mary says yes to waiting for God's timing. Now, let's be honest, God's timing in our eyes may not even be perfect. You know, Mary's engaged, and now she's told she's chosen to birth the Son of God. They were under a horrible ruler, King Herod, who wants baby Jesus dead. So in a dream, God warns the Magi not to return to King Herod. Then after the Magi leave, God tells Joseph in a dream to flee Egypt. But they were always protected. God chose a specific time for Jesus to be born, He had written the complete details of his human yet divine life and the duration. Everything that was curated around Jesus' birth was written from the beginning of time. In the Old Testament, we see examples repeatedly of the coming Messiah. We are told this through Isaiah's prophecy in verse 714. We've seen what impatience and disobedience leads to. When we see much of the world today, we are perplexed and angry, but I'm not sure why we're surprised. 
From the very beginning of God's story, we see Adam and Eve disobey God. Abraham and Sarah can't any longer, uh, can't wait to have a child any longer. So take matters into their own hands. And there are many examples in the Bible where this happens. The Bible is full of cycles of people growing weary and impatient. But Mary doesn't do that. She waits for God's timing. She keeps faith and carries on. We know that Mary ponders in her heart, but she follows God. I don't know about you, but I have at times grown weary in waiting, especially in my 14 years of singleness and still counting. (laughs) I had plans to be married by 26 and have children, but I trust in God's perfect timing and whatever that may look like. Just like he curated the birth of Jesus, just like he curated the timing of Mary's encounter and mine, he writes our story. And it begins with a yes from us. There is a season of change coming in my life, and I'm trusting in his timing as I pray and fast. God knows the things that we don't, and he knows the hearts of people just like he did with King Herod. My question to you would be, Are you growing weary in any areas of your life? Perhaps you're waiting for a life partner or a breakthrough in your marriage or a new job, a new hope, a new way of life. Whatever it may be, will you say yes to God's timing? God's timing is perfect as it was for Mary, Joseph and Jesus. His timing for the things he calls us to is also perfect. There is a season for everything. For those of you who are followers of Jesus like me, I wonder what God is calling you to. Like Mary, it will be in God's timing unless you go ahead of him. And for those of you who are not followers of Jesus, you may be wrestling whether God is real or not like I did nine years ago. I had to unlearn a lot of things and learn new ways. This year, I've known God's presence more than any other God wants to be Emmanuel, God with us. If you want to talk about any of the bits I've talked about today, my testimony, do come and speak to me afterwards. So perhaps this isn't the cute Christmas story you were hoping to hear tonight about a newborn baby, a manger and shepherds and a glowing star. Jesus' birth is about the saviour of the world, about joy, light and hope, but it's so much more. It's about obedience It's about saying yes to God. Jesus was born born, um, with a purpose and an end date. And with his earthly dash, he came to transform the world into a much better place. Time and time again, we've seen with our own eyes that disobedience leads to destruction. But Jesus is the opposite. He's the perfect example of obeying and saying yes. The call to obey and say yes is a daily call. Dying to ourselves, our thoughts, feelings, desires, dreams, traumas and experiences is difficult because sometimes it's comfortable just to be the way that we are. Jesus calls us out of the comfortable to move from the wilderness into the promised land. It means to die to ourselves and like Mary, surrender ourselves for the sake of Christ, to be living sacrifices for the sake of God's kingdom. His kingdom isn't somewhere in outer space. It's here, right now. We are part of his kingdom. And whilst it's not perfect yet, we shouldn't be waiting for Christ's return to live a life of surrender. 
The call is costly, but oh so worth it. It starts here and now with us through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit given to us as a helper, advocate, comforter, and so much more. We too were predestined to conceive a calling for God's kingdom. When we say yes to him, we too can birth the purposes of his kingdom, like Mary. Each of us has been given gifts to deliver physical solutions to the world. So remember, obedience starts with saying yes to God, partnering with him, trusting him, surrendering ourselves and having faith and finally waiting for his timing. Like Mary, will you say yes to God this Christmas? Will you surrender your desires for his? Will you be the gift that someone needs for Jesus? Will you share the good news of hope? Will you be an example of obedience to those around you? If you don't know Jesus, um, but would like to know him, can I encourage you to open the door and invite him in as a friend who wants you to lean on him? If there is any gift that is valuable and precious this Christmas and beyond, and I know you won't be disappointed in, it's Jesus. So will you stand with me as I pray? If there is something that you want to say yes tonight to God to, Will you bring it to him, to your mind? And if you're not sure, can I encourage you to ask Jesus what he's asking of you tonight? So let me pray. Lord, I pray that you'd give us faith to say yes like Mary. In whatever way that looks like, give us courage and strength this Christmas to look back, to look, sorry, to, look to you in Jesus' name. Lord, give us strength. Lord, ponder in our hearts questions and like Mary did, Lord, give us courage to step out in faith. In Jesus' name, amen.